It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. One Sitka man has died and another sustained injuries after being thrown from their skiff while subsistence fishing for herring eggs last week. Good Samaritans played a critical role in the rescue, which took place less than a quarter mile from shore. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. 41-year-old Theodosius Merkuliev, known to family and friends as Dosi, was pronounced dead at the Mount Edgecombe Medical Center shortly after he and his companion, 43-year-old James Jensen, were pulled from the water near Stargavin boat ramp by Good Samaritans last Friday afternoon. One of those Good Samaritans was Tom Climo, who works in Sitka's Harbor Department and was traveling with friends to a cabin for the weekend. It was 12.30 in the afternoon and they had run about a quarter mile from the Stargavin ramp when one of the women in his party, Camila Gomez, first spotted the empty skiff which was turning tight circles at high power. Climo at first thought she was talking about an actual whale circling, making a bubble net, which is a common sight in Sitka Sound this time of year. Actually, she had said, look, there's a whaler doing circles, like Brody's, you know, with no one in it. So we went over to it and we go, all right, someone's got to be in the water somewhere. And we're looking around and then Emmett looked way out and maybe a hundred yards. At least he goes, I see something out there. And all of a sudden his arm comes up out of the water and is waving. And then we jetted over there. Emmett Anderson spotted the victims. The man waving his arm was James Jensen, who was holding on to Merkuliev. Klimo says that Merkuliev was already unresponsive and that he was wearing a float coat and hip waders. Klimo held Merkuliev's head above water while Jensen was brought aboard. Then the boat's skipper, Terry Perencevich, maneuvered to retrieve Merkuliev. Terry's got a drop bow, so we put the drop bow down. But like, they had to slice his, his hip waders because um, there was so much water in them. It was really heavy. And then we got him around the front of the boat and were able to pull him up on the deck. Klimo and Perencevich's brother, Gary Perencevich, performed CPR on Merkuliev for the eight-minute boat ride back to the Stargavin boat launch. Another member of the party, Nicole Duplobe, had summoned help, and the boat was met first by Sitka police officers who assisted with CPR until the arrival of EMS personnel. After the victims were transported, Klimo says his party resumed their camping plans, On the way out, they saw that the Boston Whaler skiff had apparently run out of gas, and they were going to tow it back, but an Alaska State Trooper vessel instead arrived to retrieve it. In an email to KCAW, troopers said they are investigating the possible cause of the mishap. Jensen and Merkuliev were believed to have been harvesting herring eggs on branches, a traditional subsistence food at the time of the accident. Climo says that there was evidence in the skiff of egg harvest, but no branches. Dozy Merkuliev leaves behind his partner Natalie and three children ages 13, 5, and 16 months. A GoFundMe campaign was started on Saturday for the family. It has raised just about $27,000 so far. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. You can find a link to the GoFundMe campaign for the Merkuliev family on our website, kcaw.org. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will continue discussing a potential sale of the former Sitka Community Hospital building. After voting to move forward with the sale process, the Assembly directed City Administrator to develop a request for proposals seeking competitive bids for the property and building. The group will review the first draft of the RFP tonight. 
Search currently leases the building to house long-term care, but the health consortium expressed interest in purchasing the building last fall. Last month, city staff hosted two town halls on the hospital's sale. Most who attended the town halls in person voiced opposition to the sale, but over half of the respondents to an online survey were in favor of a sale. The Sitka Assembly meets tonight at 5 for a work session. Raven News will broadcast the regular meeting beginning at 6 p.m. following Alaska News Nightly. Six more Sitkins tested positive for the coronavirus over the last week. According to the city's COVID-19 dashboard, four women and two men tested positive between April 6th and April 11th. All of them are Sitka residents, and all but one had symptoms at the time of testing. Three of the patients are between the ages of 10 and 19. One is in his 30s, and the other two are over the age of 60. Three of the cases are related to travel, one is classified as community spread, and two are classified as secondary, meaning they had known contact with someone who tested positive for the virus. As of Monday morning, Sitka's cumulative case count sits at 351. Seven cases are active according to city data. Sitka is entering its third week in a row at moderate alert level. Around two-thirds of Sitkins have received at least one dose of the vaccine, and nearly 59 percent are fully vaccinated. The Sitka Sound Sacro herring fishery officially closed for the season at 6 p.m. on Friday. The fishery first opened on March 27th and was open every day for two weeks. According to a press release from the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, processors estimate the total harvest at around 16,000 tons of herring, a little less than half of the 33,000-ton guideline harvest level set by the state. State biologists observed around 24 nautical miles of spawn during an aerial survey on Saturday throughout the Sound. Spawn was observed around the Magoon Islands, Promisla and Eastern Bays, the Siganaka Islands, Cassiana Islands, Samson Cove, Readout Bay, Hot Springs Bay, Walker Channel, and along the Sitka Road system. 26 miles of spawn were observed on Sunday, but things began to taper off on Monday when only 12 miles of spawn were observed during aerial surveys. To date, state biologists had reported around 83 cumulative miles of spawn. Around 200 people attended a gathering in Sitka's Totem Square to honor the herring on Saturday. The event was organized by the Herring Protectors, the indigenous-led group advocates for the cultural and ecological importance of herring and supports the Sitka Tribe of Alaska's fight for changes to the state's management of the species. The Sitka Sound Sacro Herring Fishery closed last week after 14 consecutive days of openers. During the event, five ceremonial Kiksati robes were unveiled, along with a new song honoring the herring. The robes were designed by local Tlingit artist Jennifer Younger, along with Carol Huey, and Formline designed by Charlie Skultka. Together, they tell the story of the Herring Rock Woman. Thirteen volunteers put over 300 hours into the creation of the traditional robes. You can find photos of the event on our website, kcaw.org. A new daily airline connection between Juneau and Petersburg started up last week. Alaska Seaplanes is flying its nine passenger planes twice a day into James A. Johnson Airport and held a ribbon-cutting ceremony there to mark the start of that service. KFSK's Joe Vicknicki reports. Shortly after the first flight landed, staff and community members crowded into the Alaska Seaplanes office for cake and a ribbon-cutting. 
The office is in the former site of Pacific Wings, which closed last year. Alaska Seaplanes offers commuter service from its hub in Juneau to communities around Southeast, along with Whitehorse and the Yukon. Company co-owner Mike Stedman noted his family's long ties to Petersburg. It's a uh, real special, like I say, for us to start service here in Petersburg and help connect, you know, the other communities of Southeast here. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of people ask us over the years, when are we going to start going to Petersburg, when are we going to start going to Wrangell? And, you know, so here we are, you know, first day, first flight into Petersburg, and it's a, it's a real nice moment for us. So I really appreciate you guys showing up here. His cousin and Sitka Republican State Senator Bert Stedman was on the inaugural flight from the capital city. He said the new connection will help in a region that's felt the state's budget crunch for ferries and airports. We keep a pretty good eye on the, on the airport funding and the amount of people coming and going in all our airports. So it's very nice to see uh, additional trips with seaplanes into Petersburg. That all counts for people coming in and out and how we allocate dollars around airports so that it doesn't all end up up north. It's going to make it a real nice enhancement to get from Petersburg to Juneau and back for more commerce and then those that have family in Juneau. Or like myself in Sitka where my sister could um, make it easier to come over and see our mom in the Pioneer Home, which is real difficult. Stedman also noted the expansion of the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium's hospital in Sitka, where native health patients from around the region receive their services. This twice-a-day link to Juneau will make for a quicker connection between Petersburg and Sitka compared to a longer layover required on Alaska Airlines. Petersburg also has that twice-a-day jet service from the larger airline as well. And other companies have tried the daily connection from Petersburg to Juneau but haven't seen that passenger demand. Alaska Seaplanes also flies out of Juneau to Cake, Klawak, Angoon, Huna, Tenakee, Haines, Skagway, Pelican, and Elfin Cove. Alaska Seaplanes' first Petersburg flight Monday was on a Pilatus PC-12 airplane. They'll also be using Cessna caravans. Those can all carry up to nine passengers. Pilot John Cahill said it wasn't his first time landing in Petersburg. I've been here a couple of times doing training. And, uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, not too challenging. It actually reminds me a lot of Juno, just with the terrain and stuff. And you just got to keep track of all of what's going on and get to the runway safely. Cool. Those flights go from Juneau to Petersburg and back twice a day, landing in Petersburg around 9.15 in the morning and 5.15 in the evening, and departing about 15 minutes later. Petersburg still has local travel mandates in place for screening and COVID-19 testing. The Emergency Operations Center is looking into what it can do for incoming passengers from this new service. In Petersburg, I'm Joe Vicknicki. Taking a look at the community calendar... The deadline to apply for CARES Act funds to assist aquaculture, commercial harvesting, seafood processing, sport fishing, charter fishing, and subsistence participants affected by the novel coronavirus is Friday, April 23rd. For information, go to psmfc.org. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.